You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Sunday, September the 25th, 2011. 2011. And this is after the show number 191. The movie we're looking at this week is Bridesmaids. It's a Blu-ray release. It's a 2011 movie released on Blu-ray on the 20th of September 2011, which is this week. Uh, We took a look at the unrated version. And the tagline for this movie is Chick Flicks Don't Have to Suck. It's from our friends at Universal. And I'm going to... And Sid Talk's going to tell you all about... Oh, hold on a second. We're missing somebody. Hold on. I have, to, I have to go look for her. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm here. Uh, we, <laughs> I thought you were going to do it with the whole thing without me. Yeah, I, was, I just thought I'd introduce it there. Um, and scare one of your friends. scare people away, yeah. Who said he didn't want you to do the show without me just because I'm sick yeah, again. So you're sick with a cold, so we thought we'd just... Uh, Pretend I wasn't here. But right. didn't you love that at the beginning you got to say all that without me interrupting you or anything, except I have to correct you. You said, the Blu-ray comes out September 25th. No, it's I mean, September the 20th. it is today the 25th, and it comes out on the 20th, and that's this week. It wasn't this week. It was last week. Just gone. So Correct. I have to do my part and uh and What, what you. did you think of the tagline, chick flicks don't have to suck? I think the whole term chick flick is a bunch of bullshit. So, But this is a comedy, and they're trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Correct. I don't think it's All right, so give us a synopsis on this movie, Bridesmaids. Uh, A woman is getting married, and her best friend for her whole life is a maid of honor. She's also also gathered some other women to be her bridesmaids. Maids of honors. And really at the heart of it is a friendship story. Like, the, the way your friendships change as you grow older, as women. I mean, it's about women. And that's it. And there are antics involved in bringing a bridesmaid, and there's some vomit, and there's some nice bridesmaid's dresses. They didn't do too much riffing on the, um, people think bridesmaid's dresses are terrible, but... Okay, so moving on to the movie Bridesmaids. I know nothing about weddings. Nothing at all. Um, I know nothing about bridesmaids. Wait a minute, you're married. I only know about our wedding. I know nothing about this... The way weddings are produced and staged and... Let's also give them a clear... You didn't even propose to me. Anyone who doesn't know this, we're married to each other. <laughs> we didn't have any bridesmaids. You never even proposed. You just started saying, because we met on the internet, uh, you started calling me by your last name and saying things like, you are my woman and this, you are my wife and you should be my wife. And then it was kind of like we just came to an understanding that I would marry you. There was no romance... Really, as in terms of traditional romance, although it was very sweet, there was no like, you know, will you marry me? That's old hat. <laughs> oh, you're just trying to my, be ahead my, of the curve. My way was unique. You remember? It was very unique. Yes. There you go. You don't want that boring. No, I didn't. Crap. And our wedding was not like this either. It was no. But anyway, I know very little about this, and what I do know of any of this choosing wedding dresses, all that kind of stuff, is you watch a show <laughs> called Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> Uh, and I have watched a couple of episodes. Um, it was excruciating for me. <laughs> but I have seen it. 
And I get the date. And as soon as they walked into this wedding place, <laughs> this I said, is, oh, look, that's This just is what... your description. Why would you sit and watch people shop? <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. <laughs> and <laughs> I have no idea because I didn't wear a bride. I've been married twice. No wedding dress. I don't shop for dresses. I've never been a bridesmaid. I don't care about it except I am fascinated by the sheer volume of dresses. And in this movie, they, they don't really touch on mm. it. But when you go shopping for these dresses, obviously it's like... A massive ordeal, so that's what I'm fascinated But anyway, by. this movie, I, you know, I saw the cover, I got the the deal, I know what it's about, and I didn't think I would like it, being a bloke. As Why so, would you think that? So to speak. Well, I thought it might have been tailored to a female audience, and just let me say, it actually is not. It's tailored to both sexes, so if you're a bloke who's thinking, oh, I'm watching Bridesmaids, it's actually hilarious in the way that you might find... Ones, other ones that 40-year-old virgin. 40-year-old virgin, due date. Knocked up. Knocked up. If you enjoyed them, this is just a female perspective version of one of those movies. And um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, I enjoyed it because my woman's in there. <laughs> and I do d- double... The woman who, if she walked in that door right now, you would drop me like a hot potato. And I, I have no problem with that. I do dub her as my woman, um, Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Since I very first... I don't know what the first movie was I saw her in. Do you think that would creep her out a little bit? Yes. I, I think so. I, she's super... Creeps me out a little bit. She's hilarious. She, I mean... She's... Cla- she's absolutely... Uh, oh my God, when she does the airplane thing, I was laughing so hard I was crying. And this movie is co-written by her, and obviously she is... Even though she's not the bride in this movie, she is literally the star character sure. of the movie. It is her story. She's a bridesmaid. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is bridesmaids, but it really is her, down to her. Um, but for me, like, she, she's fun. Plus, you know, there are a bunch of funny... They were all uh, really good. I mean, I yeah. can't fault any single person no. other than her roommates, who will get to that. But I think they were supposed to be vile. So. Yeah, they were. Um, so, yeah... I'm trying to think of comedies I've seen this year or last year that I've enjoyed as much as this, and it's hard to think of any. Now, I am partial to Judd Apatow's... I know he only produced this one, but I, it, it is under the Apatow banner, as we saw. Um, you know, what comedies have we seen this year? Uh, I mean, Win Win's kind of a comedy, Win-win. but... Win Win. was comedy. one, yeah. and it was good. I like Jude. Um, but I, I am partial to Apatow's style of... And I know he only produced this, but it is in his... It's underneath his... He's there every day. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, Kristen Wiig in the extras was talking as though we don't really know how to write her, because she's not really a writer, and she was conferring with him yeah. all the time. So, yeah, it does fall into his style, because, you know, it's a comedy, but also a tale of relationships absolutely and i and this, identify this, with it 150 percent. and this is relationships percent. between women which i really like i mean yes there's a bit of relationships between men and women but i think the focal is the relationship between the bride and Kristen wig as the bridesmaid because they're friends for life fr- been friends for life and how a wedding can i mean how marriage can change not just marriage I mean, it's about, like, I've grown, I've had friends since I was um, sixth grade, however, 11, 12 years old. I've had some of the same friends. So as we got out of high school, and we all went our separate ways, pretty much right after that, we didn't, you know, we didn't stick together, really, but we've stayed together as friends. And having watched them go through weddings and marriages and relationships and having children 
and hearing them refer to some other woman as their best friend and oh she's such a good friend it do, it's Does you it can't didn't help it that kind of <clears throat> i think in my 20s and i think all of us had the same thing because one of my friends said to me in our 20s it was my late 20s when i said i had met this really cool chick and we were hanging out and blah, blah, blah and she just had this look on her face i'm like what and she goes that's, that's not right it should just be us so you shouldn't have other friends and it is the way you feel but then as you grow older i know that i can't fill every one of their friendship needs the same as in this movie there was something about this new woman that she's met not just the money because she's very rich but i mean there she's experiencing different things with her and that's what i love about it it touches on the one thing where she says you would roll your eyes at this and you went with her to get her asshole bleached and she's like yeah and i got my asshole bleached too and i like it and you're like but you're you would never i don't know that side of you right you share that part of you with someone else and they really do a good job because it's written by them by women who have the same feelings and so well i totally got it every it's really hilarious really as a human as the humans we're all everybody's the same everybody everybody we're fragile these rituals that we all go through such as putting on a wedding. It's a big thing for most women. Um, the same things speaking. go on, you know. People get jealous of this and people think they should be managing this. And oh, somebody absolutely. Else does, you know? Absolutely. And I, I really like that scene where the in the, um, what do you call it, the maid of honor party or whatever, and she gets up to say a few words. <laughs> Kristen Wiig gets up to say a few words to, to the bride. You know, how she appreciates her. And then the other maid of honor... The new friend. New friend gets up and says something. And then it's like this war. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Who can say the best I wanted it to go on forever because it was hilarious. Yeah, and it breaks down, like, who can say the best thing? And then it actually comes down to just looking at her. Like, Mm -hmm. I can say something without even saying it. Because you're my friend. (laughs) She's my friend. No, she's my... I know her better. And you... It's absolutely true. Like, even in marriage, you have... You need to have friends who tap into something different. Than I tap into with you. Your friend that you play Gears of, Gears of War or Call of Duty. There's a whole different type of conversation that goes on. You discuss different things. If I were the bitchy kind of woman who was like, you're not playing with him every night. You're just going to sit with me every single night. There's something missing in your life. You need other people. And it's the same with female friends. Like, the way she... And also in this, you know, she's tapping on her possibly making a new friend amongst these women. And kind mm-hmm. of growing apart from her friend. So, I think, to me, it's absolutely... Kind of like dude, uh, Hall Pass. Wasn't genius. But the things about marriage... Yeah, that is another about one being we saw married, this year. That it really... you And I'm maybe it's lowest common denominator. Like, oh, ha, 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 everybody's friends and we can tap into that. But when you see it and you identify with it and you go, oh my god, yes. Someone else and totally you know, gets this it. This isn't a serious look at that. Cause no, no. It's also... It's a sentimental I think the apato-sentimental part is that part, right? Whereas the rest of it is a wacky comedy like the other comedies, like 40-Year-Old Virgin. It's insane situations that you probably would not see in real life. But And you got in there that she's at a time in her life, Kristen Wiig's character. She's had a big failure in business she's and insecure. in romance. And it's knocked the wind out of her, creatively speaking. And she's sort of, you know, I, I can identify with that in that, I don't, I don't, not that specific thing, but just where all of a sudden you're just like, ugh, 
But I mean, you're aware of that. You can do anything. Yeah, like, absolutely. The Kristen Wiig characters in this horrible relationship with this guy is just using her for sex, right? Um, but he's totally honest about it, so it's but fine. But totally honest about it, so it's fine for him, apparently. But she And she's going along with it because she feels better, and but for five minutes also feels then... terrible at the same time. But she stays with it. You're going to convince You've yourself while you're with him that this is awesome. He's and cool that by and the everything. end of this time we're having sex, he's going to fall in love with it. It's him. hilarious <laughs> when he, he has sex with her in, in this funny scene where they're having sex in all these weird positions. And then he says... I don't know how to say this without being. A, because I feel really awkward. I want you to leave. I don't, I don't know how to say how this to say without it. sounding like an asshole. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. pretty much makes you an asshole right there. Yeah, it examines all different kinds of man-woman relationships without, as the director said, without all lots of exposition. Like the rich woman, you just tap barely into why her relationship isn't great. You, you know, what I mean, I. I don't know, I think it's really well written. Maybe I'm smitten with Kristen Wiig as well, because I was just uh, I'm agape every time she's on. She can't help being funny. And then when she has to pull off some serious stuff, and I've not really seen her do that. She's amazing. Because we saw her in uh, Paul, and, you know, yeah, it was pretty goofy the entire time. But I've never really seen her do a dramatic kind of I'd like turn. to see her in a funny people or a yeah, serious. punch drunk love yeah, where something. it's awkward funny, but she's, there's a, there's a, I mean, this one had... Not the mad ball thing, because this yeah. verges on the insane stuff. A at, couple of times. Yeah. Um, oh my God, when she's in the street in her dress. Oh yeah. my God. The image of it even, I want that as a poster. Yeah, that's something where we she shouldn't just talk about. Going. We shouldn't really talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that is a, one of the main Oh my God, it's elements. awesome. Um, but yeah, there's, there's oddball antics. There's a whole scene that's about 20 minutes on a plane on the plane. Oh my God, awesome, I mean, awesome. It's a scene on a plane. It lasts for about 20 minutes. It's literally the middle of the movie. And I was thinking, well... What can they do on a plane? There's not that much. What they do on the plane is like the funniest part. Absolutely, one of. I mean, there's so many funny parts. It's it, hard to pinpoint anything that's the best, but I, that is. I think. Um, I think she borderlines on genius, even though I think. I don't know. I just think she is. For me, like because when she's like, oh my, and when she's in the car and she's left her friends and she's alone in her car. <laughs> And this rich new friend of her best friend. And then she's in the car like, Just oh, did you meet me? I'm Miss Perfect. Oh, and she's like <laughs> flipping her head. And we all do it. We're all like, you're so snotty when, you have, when you're alone, though, and you can just let it out. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I loved it. If you didn't know already, I yeah. really loved this movie. And, and I didn't, you know, I, lo- I looked at it and I... I dismissed of- it. I'll be honest. I was like, oh, I just thought God. it was some oddball. I'm thinking. Did you know it was an Apatow thing? Hall Pass. I'm not in love with Apatow like you are. So oh, I, am. I was thinking, okay, Hall Pass. It was funny. It had its charm. It just didn't capture me 100%. Even though it was a good time. This, to me, because of the subject. But like matter, you say, Hall Pass was Farrelly Brothers, and they're hit or miss for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they it really was are. good, though. It was funny. It was funny. It was, I said to you, it was more of like, a gro- like the Farrelly Brothers have grown up a bit. The Hall Pass, even though it was wacky in parts. Because when I had to think back of their back catalogue... Yeah. I could only think of, like, two of them are that I actually like a lot. Yeah. And yet their name... And they made a lot of them. ...makes it... People go, oh, it's Farley yeah, Brothers, but... It really like, does, yeah but, yeah, but when you look back... Look closer. <laughs> mm, it's not... They're not quite as... But, yeah, I um, think this says the best comedy of the year. Does it make you think, though, like, the subject matter I identify with I think so it's a good... my view is skewed to that. 
even yeah, but though... I don't. I don't identify with the subject matter. I understand bridesmaids and what it's a. I'm not a female. Do men have the same friendship thing? Like, no, do you have to... friends that you feel you've grown apart from that? So if they made a version of this called groomsman or whatever. No, I just mean you think... you're in your real life. It's different. Do you identify with that at all? The concept that you had friends when you were younger and now they've gone on to lives and you feel a little left out. Do you have any friends like that? Or do men, when you get in a relationship, you almost sort of... No, I don't think so. I don't think it's the same. You don't so really we're... cling to your childhood friends, though, at all. I think women have a different point of view than men, though. I, and I... Oh, you mean we have a soul? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. No, no, I do think, and I, I, un, I mean, I, I un, I've known enough women to understand how women operate, and now that is a big statement. I would like that's awesome because no, I'm not sure if that's. No, I mean, I know what goes on inside women. I know how women operate with each other. I know about, you know, <laughs> I mean, men will do this stuff. They trying to one up each other if if it makes them. Or feel threatened by another a newcomer to the scene. You know, if you had, like, your four best friends and then a fifth friend appeared who was somebody else's Absolutely. friend. And they seemed to be the flavor of the month. Absolutely. You would all feel threatened by and them. And the, the, whatever they have that's better than the thing that you have that you're insecure about, then you're like, but my friends love her more than me because she's skinnier or she's funnier is about. or she's, you know... Yeah, yeah. But then she meets some new friends along the way, like Absolutely. you say, who turn out to be good friends to her, you know? Especially... The, Feels like it. Yeah. Or weird, a bit weird also. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, What's yeah. Least favorite part? The roommates. Let's just put that out there. There's yeah, I want to say that now. Um, yeah, there's uh, Matt Lucas um, and the lady who I forget her name. She's an Australian lady. But Matt Lucas is a famous British comedian. If you've ever seen Little Britain, he's the co-creator of that. He was, bald. He's also on Shooting Stars um, with Vic and Bob. He's a British comedian. Very highly known. Um, Walliams, the other guy who was on Doctor Who last week, because they weird. He's his partner. All right. Um, very highly, you know, everybody knows who he is in Britain. Kind of do over here a little bit, because he was in Little Britain America as well. Um, but in this movie, he's in there. I was excited when I saw his name, because I like him. He appeared. His character's horrible. I mean... The character's supposed to be horrible, but it was a complete waste of him. Absolutely. Like it didn't like it didn't need to be Matt Lucas this character. It was and I just it didn't feel realistic. It felt that even though It felt like a comedy person thrown in, like and then that Yeah. That, I mean everything's everything's exaggerated, obviously. They're stereotypical friends yeah. and everything, but those two, it was like every time she stepped let's guess into who they are. Let's say who they are. They're uh, supposed to be both British. But they're a British brother and sister who are roommates with Kristen Wiig. And they are inappropriate, slightly. Well, a lot. Yeah. He's the brother, she's the sister. She's kind of... Lazy and slovenly and gross. I mean, say, yeah, she's overweight, but that's not... They... Like... Yeah, again, we have the fat, gross woman, of course. I mean, they make her, like, she's got stains on her. She's They make her kind of gross, right? Like you said. Uh, I wasn't going to mention the overweight part because that just perpetuates it. But yeah, of course they had to make her disgusting and horrible. Because why? Because she's not skinny and beautiful. But that's not, I mean, yeah, that's terrible in itself. But their their actual interactions are not funny, I didn't think. I almost feel there's a deleted scene with Paul Rudd. I would have rather them kept that scene and deleted the the, um, The roommate thing altogether. altogether. Because what's the purpose of the roommate thing except to show the tool to get her... Out yeah, at one point. But you could have just said it 
And she could have just showed up with her box of stuff one day. Why did she have to be a roommate with them? Why couldn't she have been a roommate with some of the girls? Or, or a roommate with Somebody one of these Somebody who wasn't disgusting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> disgusting just... as a person. Like... And they weren't funny. And the thing is, he's pretty funny. And what he'd been given was not funny. It was just, like, yeah. stupid. Like So that is the weak spot. So if you're watching along and you're thinking, well, A. Scully and Sitok love this movie. And then these people come on. Just keep in mind... And I, if we had a chance to edit the movie, I would actually cut it out. I'm sorry for the British people who appear in the movie and kind I of... I felt like it was kind of like in. the British guy from The Mummy that you said it makes all British people look like idiots. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those things, unfortunately. So they're making fun of fat women and they're making fun of British people. Yeah. But we still love this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean to share your brain with you, but I'm saying... If I was making a cut of this movie, I would take them out. Because <laughs> I, th- I believe you can take their scenes out and not affect the movie at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. I don't think it would affect There's the no movie. There's no value in Apart from you situation. might think, oh, well, where does she live? If you took them out. See, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even, where she lives. I wasn't even convinced she lived there. I wasn't convinced of anything. In fact, if her and her friend are such good friends, why don't they just... Share an apartment together. Yeah, that's what I said. It could have <laughs> been know? them sharing an apartment. Yeah. Right? And it could like have been baby mama. just as funny. They could have just lived together. Yeah, it could girls. have been just as funny, but, you know, again, we're not... And then that could have been part of the story. Say she did live with uh, the bride. They, they could sh- have made another complication out of they it. They have yeah. to split up now because she's moving and you'll be on your own. It could have been another Then if thing. she had got shoved into that apartment with those two, yeah. that would have been a whole different thing. Yeah. It because just, then like, why like, would this oh. girl make... I mean, yeah, she's making bad choices in her life. We know that from the <laughs> opening scene with the guy. Um, is this just another one of her bad yeah. choices? She lives with these weird freaks like you know they're vile yeah i mean to me just ugh, I was a like, brother and sister who have a bath together and he shaves her armpits so that that's a bit pretty much like tells it all really is that what british people do kind of we do that a lot if i had a, if i would have had a sister i'd have been shaving her armpits at any at the drop of a hat if my brother who happens to be 10 years older than me had ever or would ever or will ever asked to or insinuate in any way shape or form that we need to take a bath together. I I don't even know how I'd react. There is an excellent unless he's so old and decrepit that he can't bathe himself. There will be no other reason for me to be somebody close else could do it though. to the bath. Oh, if he needs it in that situation, or if he had horrible disease, yes, I would help take care of him. There's but an just... excellent line in there about brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> explain that one. <laughs> one of the bridesmaids happens to be the sister of the groom, and she's like this brash, bigger than life. Her own person. I mean, she's obviously been raised very wealthy as well, but she's a large lady. She's got a quirky personality. And uh, all the bridesmaids... mild. Yeah. (laughs) She's her own person. We'll say that. And then she Mm. explains a lot of why she is the way she is later in the movie, which I also identified with. But she says, just flat out, okay, my brother's... I love him very much, but my brother's an asshole. We all know it. And, of course, the bride's right there who's about to marry him. Well, she's off in the toilet. Oh, that's right. They say, say, where's where's the bride? She says she's probably in the toilet crying because tomorrow she gets married to my brother who's an asshole. Yeah, my brother's an asshole. And I was like, (laughs) I do love my brother, me personally, in real life. But I'm sure most sisters think that. You see all the flaws, don't you? I mean, you see see them all the time. The world doesn't see what you see. And you're like, ew, ick, he's my... Why? Ugh, why are you in love with him? He's such a... Dick, you know, like. <laughs> no offense to your brother. No offense to my brother. Uh, I love him. He is his own person. I'm sure he has lots of negative things to say about me. He t- he was raised with three sisters, so I guess you know, gotta give him a little bit of leeway. But so let's move on to the cast here. 
I can't say enough, so we'll say it again. Kristen Wiig plays Annie. She also co-wrote this movie. The movie... I was going to say the movie's like nothing without her, and it isn't. It needs her. She's like the focus of the whole thing. I mean... Yeah. She's the funniest person for me, even though everybody else does a funny job too. I mean, some yeah, yeah. some are less funny to me, but that's just always going to be like that in anything. It's not the people. It's often when they start throwing that outlandish stuff at you. But some of the outlandish that stuff in this is actually fun. Yeah, some of it isn't. Yeah. But some of it is really funny. Like the clip at the end. I don't find that funny. I think it's really no, that's revolting. Just, and I'm glad that's at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just silly. But it's not funny to me. Silly isn't funny necessarily. Then again, I think Dumb and Dumber was really funny. So what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Go on, just go, just uh, go. So Maya Rudolph plays Lillian. Uh, Maya Rudolph, I always like to point this out, is my favourite director, Paul Thomas Anderson. It's his wife. She's also a Saturday Night Live comedian. Um, she was in Fly Away Home with Jim She was, Kaczynski. which is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Everything I've seen her in, she's fantastic. I just can't take my eyes off her. I, yeah. I'm... I'm I, if you're in love with Kristen Wiig, I'm equally in love with that woman. I'm if Paul. she were to walk in this room right now... And I'm in love with her because she's Paul Thomas Anderson's wife. It's good, you know. Her identity isn't wrapped up in her husband. I hate to break it to you. Well, she's Hello. just, you know, my favorite filmmaker. She's married to him. She's got children So with you him. watch her thinking, oh, how awesome she's married to Paul Thomas I Anderson? Do. I do. That's crazy. That's just, that's just a joke. Anyway. Speaking uh, of yeah, Paul she's Thomas re- Anderson, what's his next venture? Uh, it's his new movie, which he's just filmed, The Master. Coming out soon? Coming out soon. Exciting. I think it's coming out middle of 2012, actually. But yeah. it's, he has just wrapped the film in. so Real tingly. It's, it's going to be fantastic. I, I will say it's fantastic before seeing it. <laughs> I will. Don't say that. He's never stared me wrong yet. Yeah, but neither had Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's in a different league. Absolutely. I'm just saying, though. I wouldn't hold... Yeah. No. I'm looking forward to it. It's... You know, we don't go to the cinema very often because of we uh, we've mentioned before. We don't really like the cinema, just the general vibe and people in the cinema. <laughs> so we built our own. A Paul Thomas Anderson movie would get me into the cinema. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, Magnolia we saw in the cinema. We did. Punch Drunk Love we saw in the cinema. We didn't there see that. Blood. We saw that here. Yeah, actually. we did on DVD, in fact. Yes. Wasn't it? No. Yes, but then we got the Blu-ray a bit later. I do own the Blu-ray, but yeah. Anyway, off topic. Um, we're talking about movies. That's about. She valid. is great, though, Maya Rudolph. I gotta say, um, Wendy McClendon Covey plays Rita. She plays the blonde, mm. <laughs> the mother with the horrible son. I children. love her because two of my friends each have three sons that are all teenagers or in their twenties, and the things that she says, I just think that's got. I've heard. Oh my god, my basement smells like. Sweat and piss, she, or you she know, said, I can't even go in the boys' sweaty, room. Um, a sweaty sneaker that's had bacon fried in it. <laughs> she said, Well, there's a lot of improvising in this right. movie, and there's a linearama thing where she just goes on and on about how uh, how it stinks, how bad it smells. And they're really funny. The line so one she of them was like, Someone pissed in a jar of vitamins and left it open, yeah. and that <laughs> vitamin smells so horrible. Like and then metal. you think, Oh, god, and sweat. So I really liked her character because she's like busting out. She wants you could tell she used to be like va va voom, like sexy girl. And she wants, like, some rah, action She's or something. She's really horrible to her kids. She is, but it's like... What does she shout at the kids when they're playing video like, games? shut your fucking mouths or something. <laughs> shut your filthy fucking mouths. And she goes, I'm sorry, I'm living with animals or something. 
Yeah, she's pretty She honest. said, I faked a heart attack in front of the TV. And they said, get out from in front of the television. Yeah. Like, she's, she hates them. Like, they're horrible creatures. All of them. Um, so, so she's good to me. I really like that woman. Like, she's Ellie good. Kemper plays Becca. You'll have seen her in the office. She's the um, new secretary lady. Um, it's kind of the same character. It but literally I like is her. that character, though, isn't it? Because she, you can tell just from little lines that she's obsessed with Disney. So you love that. Yeah. You can just imagine. But her. they didn't really change. They just said, "Well, I don't know if she's just." That's but what she, she plays her part is necessary because you've got the va va voo bitter wife type. Yeah, you've got the newlywed bride who's just like, "Oh, everything's fantastic and wonderful," and then the little bitterness that she already has about how repressive her her new husband is and that she has never experienced things. I love that about her too. On the plane when they're yeah. talking about the va va mom and the innocent wife are talking about like how the differences. The va va mom is like, you know, you had to be slutty in your 20s so you can experience things. And the other woman's like, but he's the first one I've ever been yeah. with. And she's like, oh my God, you know. And they're completely opposites. But they Absolutely. Bond. Um, then there is um, Melissa McCarthy as Megan. Now, Megan's the uh, hilarious character. I do like her. I, she grew on me. It took yeah. me a little while. They definitely, Slender on the picture down. on the front of the bridesmaids thing, she is like... She's more round in real yeah, life she than is. she is on the poster. But I love that it's she It's a hilarious character, though. Absolutely who she is. Unapologetic. She's bold and awkward and makes you feel uncomfortable. But the sick part, that when she... That was... I she love, did that brilliantly. I love when she's talking to the guy on the plane. Hmm. With that weird... Back. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like, creepy. <laughs> yeah, she is it's, creepy. Almost like you could think of her as a stalker or something. She's weird. But like, in the end, she's the most loyal... She sees right into Annie, the lead character, what she really needs. It's actually a crucial moment between Absolutely. that turns Annie around between them two. To show her, you know, like, she's not your only friend in this world. Rose Byrne, who I'd never really heard of, and, and this year we've seen her three times now. Yeah. Um, and very different. Yeah, really, yeah. She does excellent. I really like we her. We saw her last week in X-Men First Class. We saw yeah. her in Insidious a few weeks before that. Now we've seen her in Bridesmaids. Three very different very roles. Very different. I mean, she carries each one of those totally different. And never she plays Helen use, here. Never gets to use her Australian accent. Did she nope. use Australian? Yes. And now um, she plays Helen here, who is the new best friend. The very rich uh, new best friend of the best friend who... You know, has her own marital issues, and her stepchildren are hilarious. They also, oh my hate, god, hate her. hilarious. <laughs> oh, okay, they're so sweet, yeah. very charming. After he's like, "Fuck you, Helen," and Kristen yeah. like, "Oh, they're sweet kids." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, "That's what you say, isn't it?" But um, everyone has their cracks, which I love. Correct, Jill Clayburgh, who you always thought was called. I've always thought her name was Jill Claiborne. My entire life. She Unfortunately, was, died last year. She did. Which she must have literally been just after this movie. In because, November of last year. Yeah, because this movie, uh, when I was looking on, finished wrapping in the middle of last and on, year. You know, and I, it's the last movie she did and whatever. And she was fantastic because I think of her as this classy 70s iconic actress. And they're having her say weird apatoish, if you want to call it that. But Kristen Wiig wrote them. She plays Kristen weird, Wiig's mother. Yeah, and she has to say, like, weird sexual things. And Kristen Wiig, in one of the outtakes, she's like, I'm just laughing because I'm I'm realizing I'm making you in say fact, these terrible things. Do you know that stuff she was saying in the line where yeah, they yeah. had a saying, 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 it reminded me of 40-year-old virgin where the yeah, Indian yeah. guy Absolutely. saying, um, Cincinnati bow But it's different when someone like that, it'd be like if, 
you know, Catherine Hepburn had been yeah, put yeah. in the position to Somebody say Somebody you wouldn't expect, like yeah, Angelina like, Jolie. You're like, no, something. you're like a mom, mom. Don't, no, Angelina Jolie can say what Well, no. somebody you don't hear those kind of things come out of. I'm sorry, but I don't think Angelina Jolie's classy. But I think Jill Claybor is classy. Right, I'm just thinking of a film star who, like, you know when, like, uh, Tom Cruise did the dude in Tropic Thunder and yeah. he started talking, you were like, oh my god, that's Tom Cruise saying that stuff. Uh, I don't think he's classy either, so that's No, well, alright then. It's, it's, for me, it's, like, famous, maybe. Like, they're not the roles they do. Hmm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it's different. I saw what I'm saying, but whatever. I'm talking would... classy. Someone who, when they, when she says it, you're like a little embarrassed. Like, oh god! I've never heard thing. of it to be honest. Never seen her, and all the movies I looked at her thing, and uh, she's in a lot of TV and stuff. But none of those movies that I'd seen, so she wasn't familiar to me. Right, right. Um, I'd always called her Jill Claiborne, but it's Claiborne. Claiborne, B U I G H. So, um, and the last one I put down was Chris O'Dowd as Nathan Rhodes. He plays the police officer. And do you know the first thing I thought about this? I really like him, right? This is what I was thinking, and this is an Apatow movie. I was thinking, I hope, I'm assuming that Seth Rogen was going to be this guy. Or they had him in mind at some point, and then ditched the idea and got this guy. And I think that was a good move. I could see Seth Rogen as that cop. That's what I was getting at. Oh, I disagree completely. Well, it'd be a different cop. Then why can you see him as it? I could see Seth Rogen in that role, saying those lines, but in Seth Rogen's way. I disagree. I wouldn't have liked it. I would think more along the lines of the guy from Saving Sarah Silverman or whatever the hell that name. That guy is more the... British guy. No. Oh, yeah. He's in the new one, actually. Right. So, no, I disagree. I think this guy was... For me, it was almost like, oh, I'm so glad that that's not Seth Rogen because it could well have been. It is an Apatow movie. Um... So, uh, what I'm saying, this Chris O'Dowd guy. Awesome. Yeah, he's really good. Fits in exactly perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're kind of sweet moments with him, aren't Mm -hmm. they, you know? So... And his character, I love, because he's not putting up with the bullshit. He's like, she, you know, and he's like, inside, he's like heartbroken or whatever, but then he's not, he's not playing He's he's a police officer, and when she's trying to get his attention... In the car. Oh my god. That is really funny. There are a lot of set piece moments like there that. Are. That in was Airwater, hilarious. Um, so this is directed by Paul Feig, who is a television director, who you will know is, is directed a lot of episodes of The Office. He's directed... He's also epi- an actor. Directed episodes of 30 Rock, the very famous, which I've never seen and I should see, Freaks and Geeks, which is an Apatow produced TV show that... A lot of comedians came off the back of, including Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig, I think, might have been in there. Um, but he is obviously an Apatow person. Um, and he's very nicely dressed all the time. Very always. nice. He's like the most dapper. Apart from Wes Anderson, he's probably the best dressed um, director. I think it's dapper, like gentlemanly. He yeah. wears, like he should be on a shirt and tie, creepy suit. No, not creepy suit. Yeah, like. Fancy yeah, he was wearing a cr- cricket a when they were doing the film in the tennis scene. He was wearing uh, cricket whites. Yeah, that's what is, I was thinking. Yeah, something yeah. very posh, like you yeah. Know? Um, he's a good director. I mean, a lot of that TV stuff. Yeah, it's similar kind of content to this movie. You know, The Office, etc. Thirty Rock. I think wacky he just put a vibe 
that gets the best out of the people. Very ensemble You know what I mean? And I think uh, the way it And this looked, movie looks really good too, I think. I mean, good. it's really well framed. It's like, for a comedy which doesn't need... I mean, it, I mean, he doesn't go overboard. He doesn't do crazy spinning cameras or anything, which I'm glad. Yeah. But it is f- filmed very w- nicely. Like, I did like the way it looked. Even the, the sets were really well designed. The very nice. Oh, yeah. Like, her when she's in her mom's house and she's going to bake. And I just looking around the whole house, I'm like, it just feels like somebody's house. And I know that's the, the set people's job, but Yeah, and even, sometimes- the wedding, even the wedding fitting room. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes you watch movies, and that can be the difference between you buying it fully or thinking to yourself, oh, just something not put together enough here. But that this one had excellent sets. All right, her so, car was awesome. I loved her car. Great. Yeah. So now there's a ton of extras on this, and we didn't even see a half of them. Oh, I thought you said we saw them all. No, because well, listen to this. This is something I've just figured out. Now I feel disappointed. There's three ways to watch this movie. <laughs> Let's start watch, again. You can watch the unrated version or the theatrical version. We watch the unrated version. And we think the unrated moments might be a couple of C words. One C word and lots of F word and the sex in the beginning. I think F words, you can just be all right. Uh, I think there's a limit. I think the C word might and have been And the beginning is opening with lots of sex. Very. Yeah, I wonder if that is in the theatrical version. This all the I wouldn't think different... not of all of that, no. All right, so there's three different ways to watch. You can watch the unrated or the... Rated. And then there's... The Blu-ray disc contains a bunch of extras. And now, there's also a DVD copy of the movie, which contains a bunch of separate different extras that are not on the Blu-ray. So, we didn't see that... We didn't ever pop the DVD in. But the DVD contains deleted scenes, extended and alternate scenes. Now, these are different from the one on the Blu-ray. A gag reel, a linearama, and a commercial... For Ch- Choladecki's commercial. Who's Choladecki? Are you sure they're not the same? It says they're totally different. And then when you look on the Blu-ray, it says more deleted scenes. More. Oh, okay. So it's totally separate. Um, and that's what they're getting at here. So there's a lot of value in it in terms of extras. Because the Blu-ray and the DVD contain a different set of extras. So, two discs. Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy. The whole lot here. So you get some deleted scenes... Which there's a deleted scene where the, the Paul Rudd plays a character in this movie. And I love Paul Rudd. It's not it's just, just a scene, is it? It's a whole sub... It's a whole thing, yeah. Section, yeah. It's really a blind fun. It's really section. fun. Yeah, it's a whole blind date. It's a blind date scene with Paul Rudd. I so wish it was in the movie. Because it's really fun. And then there's a whole section of outtakes from it, too. I mean, line around yeah. type deal. Um, it's a shame that, like I say earlier, they didn't take the British I don't people. feel like it would fit... I really yeah. don't. I think. It I mean, she goes on away. one date. Nah, she didn't. <laughs> she well, tried. what I'm saying is, yeah, they could have fit. And it I in think there. that was enough. I don't think we need to explore her, you know, trying to date other men. So I was fine with it not being in there. As long the as scene's good, though. I mean, really when bad. you watch deleted scenes, usually, and you're like, oh, whatever, whatever. That one was actually a, a fully functional yeah. deleted scene, you know, with a character who you do not meet in this movie with an actor who you probably like if you like Apatow movies. Um, so you got deleted scenes, extended and alternate scenes, a gag reel, roommates, which is uh, about the British people, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a whole... Some deleted scenes with them, some linearama stuff with them. Linearama is Apatow's extra where they just give you all the improvised lines. Yeah, the problem is when you don't like something, more of it doesn't make it better. 
There's the Maid of Honor behind the scenes of Bridesmaids, which is like a 30-minute behind-the-scenes documentary, which actually I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was good. Because they cover just the main scenes in the movie. Plus there's behind-the-scenes stuff, plus there's interviews. How it got written. and Plus there's about the, the screenwriters. and Yeah, it's good. Um, then there's Annie versus Helen. These are all just stuff in the movie. Extra stuff on them. Um, Drunkarama, which is probably oh, the best God. thing of the... Absolutely. There's a, there's a portion of the movie where Kristen Wiig's character is drunk. And she's been taking some, like, sleep. And it's pills. improvised. And this is more of it. My God, it's It's so everything funny. she did, basically. Ew, Helen knows the owner. Ew. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it, because that's exactly what you want to say when some snotty person says something and you want to be like yeah. and this, she just says and then stove stove yeah do you live in the kitchen your bed in the kitchen this won't mean anything to you if you're listening to this podcast but um there's a <coughs> sorry there's tennis pep talk which is there's a tennis game in the movie and um, they have a i don't know how long it takes they have a pep talk before it, it a, do, yeah. that doesn't matter doesn't ever matter okay matter. um the tennis match is awesome what we're talking about here, if you're thinking, what the hell, they're having another conversation, you keep telling me that my screen... It doesn't matter about that screen. Well, I don't know how long it takes for your computer to go to sleep. It never, go never to sleep. goes to sleep. All right. That's the computer that never Just sleeps. Just the screen. All right, so um, this tennis pep talk, there is a feature commentary with the filmmakers and the cast. Um, there is Chola Decky's commercial. What is that? I didn't see it because it's on the DVD. Who's Chola Decky? Or Kolodeki, or C-H-O-L-O-D-E-C-K-I. Well, who would have a commercial in this? I don't know, is it the guy from the beginning when he's given that class in the park? Oh, possibly. Yes, it is, because there's an... Yeah, yes, yes it is. Okay, exercise guy. He has a commercial, yeah. Um, so, tons of extras. Full-length commentary. The only thing that's missing, and this is a uh, universal, is you control. There is none of that. Which that's is right. unusual. That's okay, though. Yeah. But, I mean, there's tons of stuff. If you like Bridesmaids, plus you're going to see a different version of it from you saw in the theatre. Does it tell you how long... Oh, rated version, two hours and five minutes. Unrated version, two hours and eleven minutes. Was, that's a good length for that movie. I felt like it was right. Oh, my God, we didn't even touch it on it. It didn't the, feel long to me. On the uh, bridal shower scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> unhygienic chocolate oh, yeah that was awesome <laughs> like I say there's a lot of awesome set pieces in this movie oh, it's big moments that are funny yeah it's all her isn't it oh, oh, well, awesome. a lot of it um, and improvised to the max but so is all Apatow movies but I like that style absolutely because they do whoever edits and picks the best you know when because you get to see all of the lines on these linearama extras so you know what all the different bits are that they've got to choose from. They always seem to choose the right bits. Yeah, but if you'd seen it with something else, you wouldn't know any different. Some of it, you know that they shouldn't choose it, don't you? Like, yeah. You're like some of the stuff Paul Rudd's saying, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious, actually, what Paul Rudd says to that kid. I was saying, I wonder if that kid um, actually heard what Paul Rudd was saying. I don't think so. Because he was being very rude. Yeah. Um, and you'll understand when you see the extra. I think those extras are very good, actually. Mm-hmm. But I think they always go all out on um, Apatow releases to put good extras on. Because they've obviously got a lot of footage. So, um, in conclusion, what do you think? Is that a question? Bridesmaids. I enjoyed it. I think I've made myself very clear. I enjoyed it too. Um, 
also very good Blu-ray, very good quality, very nice sound. Um, everything was good. In fact, all the extras were in high definition too. There was ne- it never dropped to the DVD yeah. quality unless you put the DVD in and see all the other extras. Um, so, uh, thanks to Universal for the disc for review. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com and enter a contest. If you uh, Next week's Blu-ray review is Fast Five, which is Fast and the Furious Part Five. I'm stoked. You liked Fast and the Furious 4 and 3. 4? Yes, Fast and Furious. You liked it. We reviewed it. Did you I? can go back and listen to this podcast. Yes. Did I? Yes. I have to it was re- the one where Michelle Re- Rodriguez. Oh, that I liked, yeah. yeah. So this is the fifth installment of Fast. But to say I liked it might be a bit. No, I think you did kind of like And you like really like 3. I did like 3 a lot. The mm-hmm. Japan, Japan. And this one's directed by the guy who did 3. Okay. So fast and uh, I don't hate it yet. Fast five. We're, we're going to review that next week. I mean, seriously, can we just end it? No. I mean, you know, it's actually a guilty pleasure for me. Fast and the Furious movies. I do not know why I like them, but I do. There's a joke about it in one of the American Dads where Francine is downstairs. It's nighttime, and Stan comes down, and she's watching a movie because she's kind of fantasizing that their lives are more exciting and he goes you're watching too fast too furious which means you've already watched the fast and the furious and that means you're already deep into the cerebral plot the very deep and you know like he's making fun of how like stupid it actually is but too fast too furious i agree is stupid <laughs> it's horrible in fact i wish it didn't exist it's like the godfather part three yeah but i can't compare fast and the furious to the godfather anyway off topic so <laughs> moving on to uh, we do it's not off topic it's a movie no, I'm just saying... I, it's not I, like we're talking about this hard spot. I'd moved on to the spot where I was comparing The Godfather to The Fast and the Furious. That's just... It's a movie podcast, okay? All right, so movie tagline fun. This is a... Uh, com- this is a... What do you call this? Contest. Contest of the mind. This is a uh, <laughs> segment of the show where one of us... Well, it's my turn no, to guess. My, yeah, it, we present the tagline from a movie. You present, I guess. It's a tagline from a movie... And you have to guess what it is. You can play along at home. Just pause once she's said the question and uh, see if you can guess it. Go on. Once I say the tagline. And this week the tagline is... Fast cars, fast girls, fast carrots. Fast carrots? With a question mark. I'll repeat it. Is it the Fast and the Furious? Fast cars, <laughs> fast girls... Fast carrots. Fast carrots? Is it the Fast and the Furious? It is not. Carrots. Carrots? <laughs> is that uh, off? Would that is that throwing me off the carrots bat? No, it's part of the thing. It's in the movie. It's That's the tagline. I know. What I'm saying is that seems... Fast cars, fast girls, fast carrots. <clears throat> it's not Fast and the Furious. Do you have any questions? Do you like a hint? Is it from the 80s? It is. Is it? Have I seen it? I think it is. Have I seen it? I believe you have. I don't know that for a fact. Is but it the Cannonball Run? No, no. Good, quite good, uh, good. Uh, it's a good guess. Is it? It's Cannonball Run from the 80s. Yeah. From the late 70s. 70s, 80s. 80s, I think. Burt Reynolds, right? 80s. It's a good guess. I don't know. You give up? Yes. Is that your final answer? Give up. Fast times at Ridgemont High. 
because... I would never have got that. Phoebe Cates teaches her to give a blowjob with a carrot. Correct. In the cafeteria at school. I've literally only ever seen it once. Oh my god. It wasn't one that... I mean, obviously, throughout my chat, throughout my growing up, Ferris Bueller was a big one for me. Yeah. Um, in fact, Ferris Bueller was the one. Yeah, you never even watched early 16... I never watched Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club until you showed it. Until I watched it on DVD. Yeah. I've never seen it. I think if you watch Fast and the Fur- Fast and the Fierce... Fast Times Rears Behind Now... Part of the fun for you will be to see all these now hugely famous people who were teenagers and just sort of pop up. They're not even uh, Nicolas Cage, Sean Penn, Sean Penn is who I'm thinking. Eric Stoltz, um, Judd Hirsch, right? His name, Phoebe Cates. You know, I've never seen it, but I have seen Breakfast Club. I haven't seen Sixteen Candles yet. But you know, it's classic. Ferris Bueller was literally my jam when I was growing up. I mean, a jam. I I, uh, I I've watched that many times. I can't even count the amount of times. That was the one that. I mean, I don't think in our generation who had not seen that movie. It's really literally ingrained. Yeah. So I didn't really all. I didn't even know what John Hughes was. I just knew I liked Ferris Bueller. I didn't know there was other ones. You know, it was that kind of thing. So, well, I did know that. National Lampoons obviously saw those. Yeah. So, I lose. You lose again. But Movie- you, ha- you still have two and I have one, so. Movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, number one, Mean Girls. Because? Which, because it's another view of females that I am not a female, but I enjoyed. That was what I was getting at. Um, written by Tina Fey. Um, starring Lindsay Lohan and... Before, yeah. uh, you know, but I do like that movie. I think it's really funny. Funny look at girls in high school and girls' relationships with each other and, the, you know, jealousy, bitchiness, the whole, that yeah. stuff. Um, and my other one is Funny People because whenever, Apato movies, Funny People is his masterpiece for me. I could watch it over and over again. Really? I think it's very, yeah, I forget 40-year-old, but I think Funny People is the one. Even with, well, see, I don't like Rogan, so it kind of puts me off at times. No, it doesn't for me. <clears throat> it doesn't. And, you know, Adam Sandler, I think, is great in it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's one of those movies you kind of dig into, I think. Yeah. If you let yourself. Some people, you know, they're superficial. You know who else is awesome in it? Bloody Hannah's father. Oh, yeah. Banana. Eric Banana. <laughs> he's really good in it. Cause yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a really good movie. You should see it. If you've not seen it, and a lot of people probably haven't, Funny People. Funny People. Um, and yours are? Mine are, the first one is Mr. Mom. And I don't know why uh, this maybe put me in mind of that, except the little clicky group that he comes across, the late the neighborhood ladies who, because Michael Keaton gets you know fired and then he's at home with his kids, and then he sort of starts this little group of ladies and him as friends and there's another similar vibe kind to me about the relationships you know this husband now stays home and he's making friends and then the wife has to be like why are you you know and it's a good movie and i said today i'll go on record i despise it when they remake movies but if any movie could be redone well and by someone that could handle the material like this like an apatow kind of vibe or 
you know, something like that. Like this would be a comedy. good movie to make now. And I, I could think, see, and you I mentioned think Paul Rudd. I know you mentioned perfect. Paul Rudd, and I could see Paul Rudd in that role. I really do. I wish I should go to Hollywood and see Because smell this you know shit. the character he plays in Knocked Up. Yes. Which the husband. They're, they're actually doing the next Apatow movie is that him and Leslie Mann, who were man and wife in that movie. It's their story. It's going to be a, a new, you know, their story. And his character in that movie, how he was really good with the kids. Yeah. It would work perfectly. Just, I mean. Now that you say that, that is kind of stereotyping him. So maybe somebody else. Because I don't want him to just do the same shit over and over. I don't know. I would like I it. mean, there's lots of people who could do it. But I do think that's a timely Vin movie. Vin Diesel. You can add lots of modern <laughs> things to it. And just the same. It's a fantastic little movie. What about what about is, the pacifier with Vin Diesel? You, no. you and the other one is just because I was going through my IMDb movie list and came across this one has nothing to do with anything, but it's called Rebecca. It's like from the thirties. It's all creepy. I remember watching it in late night TV once in the dark, and it's like this young woman marries this dude whose wife just mysteriously died, like in the year before, and he lives in this big massive mansion. And the, like, housekeeper lady is really creepy and really cruel to the new young wife. And the staff are really weird about her. So you're not sure if she got murdered or if she's just disappeared or is she a ghost or what the deal is. And it's real creepy. And I remember... I don't know. Laurence Olivier and, uh, I forget the lady's name, but it's good. It's good. Go check it out. It's an oldie. I'll also recommend Breaking Bad if you want to watch some good television. (laughs) Um... It's really fantastic. I'm halfway through the second season now. Mentioned it last week. I can't think of a better TV show, a drama, that I've seen in recent memory. It tops a lot of them. You know, Sopranos. It's up up there for the on the subject matter and everything, and the way it's acted is right up there. It's very much like I said to you. It's very much like The Sopranos or Dexter, because I know it's not exactly the same story, but it's the same subject matter. Is a, hit, an, a an anti-hero, a lovable asshole, anti-hero. Yes, <laughs> well, somebody in a situation who is actually monstrous, who you kind of get behind somehow. It's a weird way of writing it, so so you actually feel for them when you really should not like. Because we feel for Dexter. Yeah. And why do we feel for Dexter? You know, we he's, do feel he's for a Dexter. horrible creature. Yeah, because he is, and he even says he's a horrible creature to the camera, and and you. You know, he gets in some situation and you're like, no, no, I don't want Dexter to get in that situation. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird how those stories work. I know you weren't for Tony Soprano. You probably wanted no. him. Yes. But for me, I... Week after week, I wanted him to get... Situations that Tony Soprano got in, I was like, no, I don't want Tony to get into that situation, even though I saw him, you like... You didn't want him to get caught or go to prison? Yeah, or... exactly, yeah. It's weird. Weird. The Godfather. You know, different. True. Um... So, uh, games and A-Scully stuff for this week. So, the big release for this week was um, a small game uh, called Gears of War 3. Um, I can't Do really, you love it? I can't really fully talk about the story because I'm not at the end yet. So I, you're playing it co-op with your friend. Playing it co-op and we're playing it... We're in the last third of it now. So, I've played quite a bit of the campaign this week. Um, I'm really happy with the campaign so far. They've kind of grown up a little bit, the... Uh, Whoever writes the story, um, we've got to a point where we know they're big burly guys who are fighting this war. There needs to be a bit more to the story. And this is the final chapter of Gears of War, and they are tying ends up 
which I like is refreshing to see because video games don't tend to tie stories up. They tend to leave everything open so they can have another video game. Well, it seems here that they are cutting off. Because it's the end. Yeah, but it's never the end, is it, for a video game? As you know, if it sells billions of units, somebody's going to make another one. Be it a prequel, be it... Mm. I mean, there's nothing to say there can't be a Gears of War without these characters at all. Just another, in the future, whatever, right? I mean, they're doing it with Halo. Right, right. Uh, Master Chief has not been in Halo for a while, has he? But everybody thinks of Master Chief as being Halo, but he's not been in the last two games. So you can do what you want with the franchise. But it seems to me like they are tying up the ends of the story, which I really like. And it seems like they've grown up a bit with the story. There are some, interestingly enough, people probably think Gears of War is just this, these big, massive dudes shooting stuff. There are actually some emotional moments in this story, which I... Wasn't really prepared for, so that's kind of odd. You know, they actually... It's hard to pull off emotional moments in a movie, in a game like this. Because you literally... Are you saying men have a soul? I can't be right. Must have been written by women. There's women involved this time, too, as there I said There we go. And, you know, a throw lot... Some, throw some vaginas in the pile and you get some heart. Actually, <laughs> where the heart of the story comes from is about women. Because, as we... I can't, this isn't a spoiler. Gears of War 2... Dominic, the second main character in the game, is on his search for his wife, who's gone missing. When they find her, she's actually been turned into one of the lambians, as they call them. So she's zombified. And he has the horrible job of executing her, so she doesn't suffer anymore. That's playing on Dom's mind in this... That happened, you know, a year ago. (laughs) In this new Gears of War 3, Dom's a different person, obviously, because of that, right? So... A lot of the emotional stuff comes from Dom, so I was kind of surprised. I was kind of like, wow, they've really done something with the story instead of you just run to the next dude and kill them, you know? So, um, yes, I love it. The multiplayer is exceptional. The hard mode, which is you can go into an arena with your buddies, fight wave after wave of AI. It never gets old. It hasn't got old since they did it in the first game, to be honest. Um, And this is... An upgraded version of hard mode where you can you earn money after every round and you can spend the money on um, emplacements and stuff to make you have a better base to defend against the next wave. And every wave gets progressively more difficult. Boss waves and... Why doesn't that appeal to me at all? It sounds really boring. No, it's really fun. Although, I can sit here after we're done with all this and spend an hour playing words on my games of words with friends on Facebook and it makes me very happy. It's very fun because you can play four. But I mean that sounds so ridiculous. And, and it's four player co-op. You have to, no it's not mindless. You have to work as a team and then when they do start sending the really big enemies in it's quite difficult. you got to fend them off. You're just four of you. But all you're doing is killing shit. You are but it's there's a lot of tactics to it. Plus you actually have to be a good aim. Right. I don't get it. I don't um, get it. So Gears of War 3 it's out now it's fantastic. It's literally, if you've played the other Gears of War games and enjoyed them in any way, shape, or form, this is the ultimate Gears of War game. I've added loads of stuff. In fact, there's a new mode called Beast where you can be the baddies this time. And it's like an arena mode where there's some humans who are trying to defend against you, the beasts. You pick a beast, whichever one you want to be, of all the bosses and everything, and you have the powers of that beast and you have to try and kill the humans. It's completely the opposite side, so... That's an interesting mode. Um, 
I think that would give you some advantage because you're going to learn their skills. Yeah, you know what they can do, and you're the beast. And and some of the beasts are really weird, like because they're locusts and um, weird insects and stuff. One one's like just like a little bug that can scamper really fast, and then at any moment when you choose, it can blow up. So you can scamper in, see some people who don't see you, and then blow. You know, there's and then there's other beasts which are like like a suicide bug. Yeah, there's a yeah, exactly. And there's a beast they call tickers. There's a beast that is blind, completely blind, right? He's called a berserker. A berserker. Correct. But he can hear very well. So how this is if you choose to be the berserker, your vision's not very good at all. It's very smeared, you can barely see anything. But you can hear gunfire really well. So and the move that you've got is you can slam your... You're really big. You're about 10 foot tall. You can slam your fist down into the floor and smash people. Or you can just charge straight at people. Like, you don't know what you're charging at, though, because you're kind of blind. So it's an interesting tactic because you can't see anything, but you're devastating. If you do catch get somebody with your fists, they just, they're just a bloody mess on the floor, you know what right. I mean? So there's these interesting... It's interesting playing as the beasts. The other game I've been playing this week... I highly recommend Gears, by the way. You should definitely buy it. Um, other Me, game. personally? No, if no. you're any into shooters in any way, shape, or form. And your name on there is? If they want to play with A you? A Scully Live on Xbox Live. Um, and it's Xbox only anyway. It's um, exclusive. The other game I've been playing is Burnout Crash, the latest game in the Burnout series. Big fan of Burnout. Always have been. This is more of a... It's a reinvention of the crash mode of Burnout. And I've said to you before, like they've, they ditched the crash mode out of Burnout for the last two games. There was no crash mode. Crash mode is back in. And it's only the crash mode. So it's like a top... Did you, you've seen it. Yeah, it doesn't appeal to me the it's way very good. did. Overhead view. Um, it's by EA. Uh, one of my favourite things is they've licensed a load of music that fits with the game. And it's kind of hilarious. So... When a bulldozer comes, push it by salt and pepper will start playing. <laughs> push it real good. When an ice storm happens, Ice Ice Baby by awesome. Vanilla Ice will start playing. Um, when an ambulance appears, Calling Doctor Beat by Gloria Estefan will come on. Nice. It's got a lot. Oh, when you... It's fun then, just fun, fun. When you get a gold medal, Spandau Ballet's <laughs> gold starts playing. Gold. Yeah, it's really funny, like, and it's fun. So, yeah, it's a party game, basically. Like, I play it. And then hand the controller to you, and you play it, and we try and get the highest score at a crash on a junction. You've never invited me into this game. You have not been around. <laughs> so um, it's Burnout Crash. It's on Xbox Live. It's also on PSN. It's a downloadable game. Um, it's really good. Um, it's been overlooked this week, I think. How much is it? Eight hundred Microsoft points. How much is it in the real world? Ten bucks. Not bad. And there's a lot of junctions. You know, like, when we've gone through Crash Mode in all the Burnout games, it's bigger than those games. I think there's probably a hundred different Crash places. And they range from, like, at the beginning, it's like this backwater town, kind of in the country, very simple. And the one that I've got up to now is, like, a big major intersection with an airport running along one side. So there's, like, four different places where cars can... Now, the big thing in this uh, one is... You can only let fight like cars are going along the junctions, so you've obviously got to stop the cars by ca- causing chain reactions and crashes. If five cars escape, as in they get away without crashing, the game's over. So that's the condition you have to meet. You have to basically try and kill them all. And the the best tactic is 
you know, smash your car, block an intersection with other cars, and then concentrate on a different intersection. It's got a lot of strategy to it. It's a fun game. Um, and finally, I've been playing uh, Driver San Francisco, which is the new Driver game, which I'm playing on the PC, actually, because the PC version is much better looking than the Xbox 360 version. And it's got this bananas plot, and I've never seen anything like it. Is this going to be a movie? Driver? Or Drive? No. There's a movie called Drive, but it's nothing to do with this. Anyway, this is the basic plot, and this is... I actually had to sit back in my chair and go, really, is this what we're going for, right? So, you're this guy. He is a cop, right? The beginning of the game... This guy escapes from jail. He's your old enemy, right? And he's driving... And he, he gets out of jail. And you're alerted to him. You've got to go and find him. So there's this you, you, this chase between you and him. And then this big massive truck hits your car. And next thing you know, you're in a coma in a hospital bed. Now, you're in the coma in the hospital bed. And then all of a sudden... You're back in your car. With your, with your partner. And there's a billboard. And it says, hello, Tanner. Now, your guy's like, what the hell is going on here? I, I thought I was... I don't know what happened. I just remember this truck hitting us. And the partner's like, come on, let's get on with it. It's, how, it's, it's job time. Let's go and uh, go down the station, like, see what jobs we've got to do. She's driving along, and there's these weird billboards that say weird things. To you. To you. And you keep saying to you say to your partner, can you see these billboards? And he's like, yeah, of course there's billboards. He's selling Pepsi and stuff. Billboards everywhere. What are you talking about? And then he's like, okay. And then he looks at the car in front of him. And he, he goes, Ugh! and he's in the body of the person driving the car in front of him. Now, when he looks in the mirror, he's him. But the person next to the person in the car in front of him doesn't see him at all. Right, right, yeah. He goes in the body of them. He goes into the bodies, right? Now, we know that this can't be real because he's in a coma. So this is the premise of the game. He's in a coma, lying in a hospital bed. But in his mind, (laughs) this is occurring, where he can jump into other people's bodies. There's this whole capturing this guy who escaped, but in his mind or not in his mind? I don't know because I'm not there yet, but... Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It seems bananas, right? Yeah, but is it good? He tells his partner, listen, I think I can jump into other people's bodies. And his partner's like, you need certifying, right? You've had a bang on the head or something. He's like, no, this is the first mission. I, I pro- I'm going to have to prove it to you, right? See that guy in front? He's going to do 100 mile an hour any second. Jumps in there and then you have to drive 100 mile an hour. The guy's like, okay, but, you know, how do I know... He said, no, that's me. I was driving that car. I drive it 100 mile an hour. Then he's like, well, no, I need to see that car do something a bit weirder than that. Oh, well, I'll jump it off a... I'll jump it off a ramp. You know, that kind of stuff. And then your partner eventually realises... Because you're training as well. Yeah. And your partner eventually realises, oh, yeah, that is you who can do that. Let's use this to our advantage and let's solve this case by using this. Anytime in the game, you can pull out, fly right above the world, and you can actually hear him going, oh, like, this is really high. Zoom back into the map, any any car, anywhere on the map, and be that car. Like, not just be that car. As soon as you go in the car, a conversation might take place. Like, you'll look at to the side of you, and uh, 
there's an old man and he's like what are you doing woman and he's like oh I'm just taking just taking us a bit faster right, yeah. you know and there's all all that's built in there so I've been in cars where there's been an argument going on with with a husband and wife and you're the husband and you become the husband suddenly he has to like get into this conversation with so it's really funny as well in a way so all that takes place it was enjoyable yeah so it's like a driving game with this weird I can't even describe the mechanic it's like quantum leap <laughs> it, it was hard for me to believe because I've played driver games and they're very serious and this is like sci-fi right well there was another game like that where you could jump in the bodies of people there was a shooter uh, kind of game yeah or stealthy one I remember that like GTA but not and you could possess people and yeah, then, yeah yeah I remember that it was on the GameCube, if I remember rightly. Mm. Can't remember the name of it. Zeist? Or yeah, but I do remember that, yeah. But yeah, this is bizarre for a driving game. Because it's literally a driving game with jump mechanics. But if you want... If if a, the best car in the world just drives past you, just jump out of yours and get it. Yeah, but it. you're not you. You just not you, but you can drive that car. Like, But yeah, the, sometimes a weird interaction takes place. And some of the missions are interesting because on the other side of the fence you've got the bad guys, right? So sometimes you jump into the bad guys' cars, and then the bad guys will start talking to each other about, oh, we're going to the hideout to get the drugs or whatever, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, shit, like, nice, I'll just let them take me there, you know, that kind of thing. So this un- unravels the plot. So, clever in a way. I- I'm very interested to know how it turns out. Is he in a coma? Is right. this real? What What's going on? Is it all a dream? We'll find out. Is he dead? So that's it for games this week. Big game week, I think. Huge games. Uh, I've not really stopped playing games this week because of those three games. Uh, So what have you got for dinner this week? Tonight we are going to have the simple dinner of an Amy's pizza with salad. And that's it. I don't don't really feel like cooking much else. You've approved of this, so that's what we're going for. Yeah, I'm hungry as hell, so... Me too. And it is what? I might have to pick up some more stuff. One o'clock in the morning. Because I'm kind of hungry. It's one o'clock in the morning. And, um... What else is going on with me? Not really much except having this cold and not really feel too motivated. And realizing that part of what makes me feel blah, like I felt for the last couple of weeks, is I haven't drawn anything. I did a banner a couple weeks ago for someone at work. And that always makes me feel... You can't see me, but I'm doing this thing with my hand and my face is all happy. And then I should just do it every day because it really tears me up. Not when you feel ill. Yeah, I should though, because it really does. And redoing my site. So if you want oh, yeah, to go we've to been, I've been helping up, you with yes. domain transfers and all that kind of stuff. I've been moving all of my content from my site, because I have sidtalk.com, C I D T A L K. And I've just moved from one in one to GoDaddy. And in the process, moving all my old content, I've eliminated some of it because it's just pointless. But I go back and read a lot of things I've written. Sometimes I'll write one paragraph. I don't know what motivates me most of the time. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'll put that up there. And then I, of course, put lots of pictures and life things. And it's got a nice new topper that I particularly enjoy. Yeah, it's, 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 when you go to sit.com now, you see the new redesigned site. Yeah. Right? yeah, so full redesign. So feel free to go look at it and tell me whatever horrible comments you have about it. I don't care what you say, but feel free. And that's it, really. I don't really feel like going into the meaning of life. So, Excellent. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, I want to remind you about our websites. Oh, also of note, this week we will have two written reviews, one for Bridesmaids and one for Transformers Dark of the Moon. 
on Friday. Just wanted to tell the listeners that. So if you want to go to the website. Written review for Transformers Dark of the Moon, which we did not do a podcast for. Correct. But we did see it and I wrote a review for it. Correct. Oh, yeah, on Blu-ray. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. I and if re- people don't know, there's a written review for every single podcast that we do. There is, aschoolie.com, which <clears> I'm about <throat> to tell you now. Go to our site, aschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. You want to see Sid Talk's new redesign? You want to read Transformers Dark of the Moon review? Go to aschoolie.com. Um... You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, catch me on Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe, do all that stuff there. This is podcast number 191. So if this is your first and you want to start from the beginning, that's quite a commitment. I have a friend who's actually started from the beginning. (coughs) He's uh, only just recently... Uh, figured that you know we're something good to listen to that we're something good to listen to oh my god and he's on about number 50 something he says that's so arrogant but that i i was thinking yeah, he's on about 50 something and he sometimes he messages me on twitter occasionally <laughs> and says oh you you're reviewing um i just listened to your review of heroes on blu-ray and i'm like oh <laughs> racking my brain to think yeah back. what did we say yeah yeah um so yeah um email feedback to me at aschoolie.com and feel stay. free to send me feedback on my site that would be fine you can leave comments on sidtalk.com and stay classy Kristen wig she's amazing i only have to look at her and i feel like i'm gonna laugh because like you know just look at the picture I'm i can sure t- that's a compliment can tell what she's gonna why i just look at you and i want to laugh <laughs> <laughs> Well, just from past experience of knowing because what she Because she's says. funny, yes. not because she's funny looking. She's got like an attitude on this box. She's looking with like yeah. an attitude, yeah. Yeah. Stay classy, Kristen Wiig. And think for yourself, everyone, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>